This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. We shift our attention to China. Quite a lot of things to look at from the ASEAN China Special Summit to, uh, you know, diplomatic ties with Lithuania. Uh, we've got Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for The Straits Times, on the line with us. Good morning, Don. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the ASEAN China Special Summit to commemorate the 30th anniversary of dialogue relations held yesterday via video conference with China's President Xi Jinping and the bloc's leaders, of course, in attendance. Give us an idea of the highlights of this, especially in terms of China's plan to upgrade Southeast Asian ties to comprehensive strategic partnership and the future of ASEAN-China cooperation after the summit. Hi, good morning. ASEAN and China had reached a milestone in their relations and yesterday they elevated that relationship to a comprehensive strategic partnership, which essentially means the two sides can now have greater, deeper cooperation in many spheres. It was significant that President Xi was the one to attend this summit instead of Premier Li Keqiang, who traditionally has been the one who attends ASEAN meetings. So I think that speaks for ASEAN's importance to China. Mr. Xi came to the meeting quite expectedly with a range of goodies to hand out. For instance, he announced that China will donate 150 million doses of COVID vaccines to ASEAN so that it can hit higher vaccination rates. He also said China will pump in 5 million US dollars into the ASEAN Response Fund and another 1.5 billion US dollars in development assistance to fight COVID over the next three years. China will also buy 150 billion US dollars worth of agricultural products from ASEAN in the next five years. Mr. Xi had very cordial words for the ASEAN leaders and he assured them that China will not bully smaller states and that it too wants peace and security in the South China Sea. But I don't think this means that there will no longer be skirmishes in the South China Sea. China will continue to do what it wants to do there, which is, in its words, defending its sovereignty. It also lobbied for Myanmar to attend yesterday's meeting, but at least on that front it didn't push too hard, as the ASEAN states would accept only a non-political representative at the meeting, given how the Myanmar military has not abided by the five-point consensus agreement struck between ASEAN and Myanmar earlier this year, and Myanmar was opposed to sending a non-political representative. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Don, China's market regulator said over the weekend that it was finding companies including Alibaba, Baidu and JD.com for failing to declare 43 deals. And these deals date back as far as 2012 to the authorities. Uh, wait, what have they done wrong here? And we're talking about something that dates back to 2012. Is it fair? I mean, is this a way for China to, I don't know, send out a signal to the world that they're serious about, you know, tightening their grip on, on these internet platforms? So these tech companies have been ordered to pay 500,000 yuan each, which is about $100,000 in fines for antitrust violations. 
And this is the latest move by its competition watchdog to go after them because of the monopolies that they have created over the years. Not all the transgressions date as far back as 2012, however. There is a range of dates for these latest offences. The earliest this round goes back to a 2012 deal involving Baidu, China's Google. There was also a 2014 acquisition by Alibaba of Chinese navigation company Autonavi and its 44% stake purchase of Erlama, a food delivery service. The regulator, which is the State Administration of Market Regulation, said these companies should have declared these deals in the past but did not. But the deals also didn't lead to the elimination or restriction of competition, it said. It is uncommon for the authorities to go back and dig up cases from years ago, and it just goes to show how serious China is now about cracking down on the malpractices of its tech companies. It's already elevated the status of its anti-monopoly department and expanded the team, so I think we will be seeing a lot more scrutiny and regulation coming up. Now, Don, uh, let's talk about China's diplomatic ties with Lithuania, which came under the spotlight over the weekend. They've expressed dissatisfaction with the country for allowing Taiwan to open a de facto embassy there. How harsh is this move and how should it inform other countries' stance on their relationship with Taiwan? Not at all. This is well within what we would expect from Beijing. Taiwan is the most sensitive of issues for China, and we've seen how strong Beijing reacts to any sort of transgressions to do with Taiwan, whether it's companies mistakenly labeling Taiwan as a country or countries engaging with the island. China has sought to diplomatically isolate Taiwan and to prevent it from joining multilateral organizations like the United Nations. I think governments around the world know very well what China's position is and would clearly be asking for trouble if they engage Taiwan, as was the case with Lithuania. It's a calculation each government will have to make, which is how to treat Taiwan. Are you, for instance, economically dependent on China? And if so, can you afford to incur China's wrath? So China withdrew its ambassador from Lithuania and downgraded their diplomatic ties, saying Lithuania has to bear all consequences for the fallout. It could also cut ties with the country. Lithuania has said that it has a right to expand cooperation with Taiwan, to accept and to establish non-diplomatic representations for such practical cooperation. We are already seeing some countries moving closer to Taiwan because they are turned off by China's aggressive stance and Lithuania wouldn't be the last of it. We've been speaking with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for The Straits Times. So we'll catch up with you again next Tuesday, Don. Thanks very much. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.